0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the opportunity of accepting the greatest gift.
1: The Jews are saying Gentiles can't be saved. The Gentiles says the Jews can be saved. And God says, hey, it's my plan. There's no problem with God. If they respond to the gospel, they can be saved. Anybody, before they die, if they respond to the gospel, they will be saved. But once you die, if you haven't been saved, you remain lost. Understand that clearly.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. There's no escaping the fact that the wages of sin is death, and God will collect on this debt owed by all. But Pastor Xavier reminds us on today's Simple Truths, there is some good news. God has also provided a way of escape, and that's through the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. Today's study, Israel's rejection is not final, is one we can learn from as well. Let's listen. Romans chapter 11,
1: Paul has been showing how it is that Israel fits into the plan of God through the gospel. Memory began in chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, first to the Jew, then the Gentile. Chapter 9 deals with the high or the past election of Israel by God's divine sovereignty, choosing. Israel for his own purposes, which were both rejected by Israel. So the past election. In chapter 10, it deals with the present rejection of the gospel by Israel, having human responsibility and a free will to respond to God's word. Now in chapter 11, it deals with the future restoration of Israel, for Israel's rejection is not total nor final. For all true Israel will be saved once the fullness of the Gentile comes in. The key to these three chapters is in verse 6 and 7 of chapter 9. Listen to it. But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel. Nor are they all children, because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called. So... Just because you were born an Israeli doesn't mean you are part of the saved part of Israel. He already talked about in chapter 2, circumcision which is of the physical aspect and that which is circumcision of the heart, right? Simple. Now, at the end of chapter 9, the Gentiles who did not pursue the righteousness of God obtained it, while Israel pursuing the law of righteousness did not obtain it due to the fact that they did not seek it by faith. But they sought it rather by the works of the law. So Christ became a stumbling block to them. He was sent to his own. His own received them not. And they rejected him. And they were expecting a conquering Messiah. The Father gave them a suffering Messiah. It didn't fit in their mind. They had no room for such a Messiah. In chapter 10, verse 1 through 4, Israel exalted their own righteousness. The works of the law. And then... Chapter 10, 14 through 21, Israel was continually rejecting the preaching of the gospel by faith in Jesus Christ. All day long, he stretched forth his hand. They rejected, rejected. Now we come to the future restoration of Israel, which is marked by the three progressive movements here in chapter 11. The first 10 verses of chapter 11, we have the rejection of Israel. It's not total. It's not total. In 11 through 24, the rejection of Israel is not final. And he lays it out in three progressive movements here. First, verse 11 to 15, we have the unbelief of Israel resulted in salvation to the Gentiles. Listen to his words again. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. But through their fall, to provoke them the jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. God is preaching, trying to reach them through the prophets and all, and they keep rejecting. He sent John the Baptist, Jesus Christ, they kept rejecting. Now notice in 11, Paul tells them that through the fall of national Israel, salvation has come to the agenda, which in turn will provoke the Jew to jealousy for salvation. You, usually we think of jealousy as something negative, because I make you you're jealous that I have something. The jealousy here is positive. Paul wants to provoke them to look at the Gentiles, see how blessed they are that they would desire the Messiah. You understand? It's in a positive way. Paul was hoping that this, again, God would use to provoke his own Jewish friends and relatives and those of the nation. God was using the rejection of the gospel by national Israel to extend salvation to the Gentiles. Paul lays it out. Notice, secondly, verse 16 through 18. The salvation of the Gentile resulted in exalting themselves above unbelieving Israel. So they came to the wrong conclusion. Look at verse 16. The Apostle Paul pointed out the personal holdings of Israel in their call. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. Paul pointed out the principle of their holiness by quoting the book of Numbers here. Chapter 15, verse 16 through 21. The context of duty of the Israelite to set apart a portion of the dough of each baking of bread for a cake for the priest. Dedicated to God. In other words, this metaphor that he's going to use for Jew and Gentile with the lump and the branches and all that, the different things. It was their dedication to God that's related to the covenant of the Old Testament. The illustration of holiness is by the use of the metaphors for Jew and Gentile. Relationship to each other. Notice first Paul says in verse 16, For if the first fruit is holy, so is the lump. The first fruit represents the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The sample of the harvest to come. The lump represents the Jewish people, which were the extension of the patriarchs. The two by relation are compared, and they're both holy. They're extension of the other. Then Paul says, And if the root is holy, so are the branches. The root is holy represents the father of faith, Abraham. He believed God. The branches represent national Israel, and unbelief. The two by related comparison again are holy. And then in verse 17, notice... The Apostle Paul points out the privilege now to the Gentiles. He lays the foundation, the principle. And now, he points out the privilege of the Gentiles partaking of the same holiness. They're going to see how they came to the same relationship. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree... So some of these branches were broken off, identifying who? The unbelieving national Israelite. The one that didn't believe. They're broken off. So Paul confirms the rejection of the nation of Israel, even as Jesus did. In Matthew 23, 37-39, through 39, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets... How many times I wanted to gather you as a hen gathers your chicks under her wings, but you would not. So now I leave unto you desolate, and you should not see me henceforth to you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus was rejected over and over again. He came to his own, his own received them non-john says. And he gave up Israel. From that point on, for 2,000 years, it was finalized, the judgment, in 70 AD by Titus, as he destroyed the temple, the city, destroyed the Jews, scattered them through the world. For 2,000 years, they lived without a homeland until 1948. Jesus rejected the nation. Judgment fell upon her. Until 1948, they had no homeland. Now notice the Gentiles, being a wild olive tree, were grafted into the natural olive tree. The olive tree being the symbol of Israel. Jeremiah 11, 16. The book of Joel and many others. The custom of engrafting a wild olive tree was to invigorate. The olive tree which was ceasing to bear fruit. This is a known practice. The rebirth of nation of Israel is one of the signs of the latter days. Matthew 24, 32. Now learn a parable from the fig tree. When you see the fig trees come, know that summer is nigh. The leaves spring forth, right? Now, the Gentiles then became partakers of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Referring to being recipients of... Of salvation. The root, remember, represents Abraham, the one who believed God, the promise of Messiah, the provisions of righteousness. The fatness represents the benefits the nation of Israel through Messiah had. Now, look at verse 18. The apostle Paul rebuked the Gentiles for their self-exaltation. They got it all wrong. Do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Paul indicated that the Gentile Christians were boasting arrogantly against the branches that were broken off. National Israel. The Gentiles were the wild olive tree. Paul stated emphatically in the Greek here that if they did both, they were to remember that they did not support the root, but the reverse. He humbles them. The Gentiles were the inferior stock. They owed their relationship to God and their blessing to Israel. And they should have really been grateful and appreciative rather than exalting themselves. They missed it. There was a real tension in the church of Rome over the Gentile Christians and the Jews who were not saved. Before the church started... The Jews didn't believe Gentiles could be saved. Now, some of the Gentiles don't believe Israel can be saved. <laughs> it switched. The root is the source of the nourishment, not the branch. The root, as we pointed out, refers to Abraham, the father of faith, by covenant. The Bible says that God is the epitome of holiness. The so heavens are not pure in His sight. There is none righteous, no, not one. Sin alone... Condemns us. Our sin nature. One sin would condemn me. Regardless of the wickedness of the sin. Or the iniquity of sin. Or the quantity of sin. The blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you from all sin. And make you whiter than snow. As David said in Psalm 51.7. A new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17. All things pass away. Everything becomes new. There is no sin that Jesus cannot or will not forgive. And he can make you whiter than snow. If you believe that he died for you and rose from the dead. He can do that. Listen to Romans 3, 9 through 12. If you think that you're, you're, you're righteous in your own standing. What then? Are we better than they? Speaking Jew and Gentile. Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jew and the Greeks, meaning Gentile, they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They all have turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. That word unprofitable is rotten fruit. It's worthless. There is none who does good. And he hears some Jews saying, how about me? He says, no, not one. Not even you. Some people are self-deceived thinking they are better than others. Be they good moral pagans. Be they committed religionists. Be they hypocritical Pharisees. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23 says. Listen to Jeremiah. You want to glory in something? Glory in this. Jeremiah 9.24. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Paul quotes this in the book of Corinthians. You glory that you know God. And that you know Him by grace. And that you're no better than anybody else. And you're simply saved by the grace of God. Wow. The salvation of the Gentiles resulted in exalting themselves above unbelieving Israelites. Notice thirdly, 19-24. through 24, the salvation of the Gentiles resulted in their thinking God was through with Israel. Crazy. See, once you get off on wrong thinking, if, if your conclusion is wrong here, then as you continue, the next thing's going to be wrong. It's like balancing your checkbook. If you're wrong on this check, you're going to be wrong on every other check. You've got to be right on what you're thinking. Notice first, Verse 19 and 20, the Apostle Paul portrayed the prideful thinking of the Gentile Christian. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Paul in his diatribal fashion here places himself in the position of the arrogant Gentile here and declared the conclusion they might come to by the phrase, you will say then. The word then again means conclusion. This would be the conclusion based upon the apostles' statement of verse 15 through 18. Paul stated their conclusion by their arrogant smugness. He's impersonating their thought. Branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Their attitude was one of looking down on the Jew as inferior. The unbeliever. Their attitude was one of having a sense of superiority over the Jew at this point. This was a tension in Rome. Start chapter one. the Jews are all in there. Look at 20. Paul in irony now agrees with them and then rebukes them. Well said, because of unbelief they were broken off and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty but fear. Notice the response in irony mocks them. Well said. Like if your son says, you know, dad, you really didn't do anything. I'm going to grow up and I'm going to have all this. And you go, yeah, 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 go at it. In other words, you just blow them off. This is what Paul is doing. He's mocking them. Well said. And then immediately he rebukes them with a stern voice. To bring them back to the reality in the right senses. Listen, Paul says they stood by grace. Because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. And then Paul tells them that instead of being proud, they should be more humble and fear God a little more. Do not be haughty, but fear. Why? Because you did nothing to be saved. You merely believed. Man, he just levels them. Look at 21. Paul stated the reason for the humility and fear of God by declaring a stern warning to the Gentiles who might make the same mistake as national Israel or the national Jew, in unbelief, thinking they were secure by their identity rather than their relationship. Listen to the words. For if God did not spare the natural branch, He may not spare you either. Paul stated that God did not spare the natural branches. The unbelieving, rebellious Jew God may not spare the Christian Gentile likewise, he says. God is not a respecter of person. God has provided but one way to be justified. And for us to continue our access to the Father, it is through Jesus Christ, no one else. Abide in Christ. As they did not continue in the covenant, I cut them off. If you don't continue in Christ, I cut you off. Wow. Look at 22. The Apostle Paul declared the spiritual conclusion about the salvation of the Gentile. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity, but towards you goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you will also be cut off. How many times does he have to say it? Paul said they were to contemplate both the severity and the goodness of God. The word consider means to perceive with the mind to examine. Think it through. Paul says they were to contemplate the severity on those who fell. Meaning fall under judgment, rejecting the provision of salvation, meaning the unbelieving Jew. And Paul said they were to contemplate the goodness, the benevolent kindness of God towards them who believe. Who? The Gentile. Examine both of them. And Paul said the condition is this. What makes the difference? Listen. If you continue, which means to remain or abide in His goodness of salvation. He's talking about salvation. Now look at 22 still. Paul said the consequences would be the same as the Jew. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. Straight to the point. They're being exalted. He says, you be careful you don't fall into the same ensnarement as the unbelieving Jew. The number of passages are too numerous to ignore about abiding. Romans 9, 22. Jesus in John 15, 4 and 5. Abide in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Colossians one two, continue. First Timothy four sixteen, continue, and I can go on and on and on. The warning is to Christians, and he clearly says, I will cut you off. Look at twenty three and twenty-four. The apostle Paul declared the spiritual conclusion about the salvation of the branches broken off the Jew. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into the cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, who are natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? So, he confirms here, he states that if they, the unbelieving Jew, do not continue in unbelieve, they will be grafted in again. I can hear God saying, why don't you guys leave me alone, let me do what I want to do. The Jews are saying Gentiles can't be saved. These Gentiles say the Jews can't be saved. And God says, hey, it's my plan. Paul pointed out the parallel comparisons regarding the ability of God to graft the Gentiles. Which were what? Contrary to nature. While olive tree into natural. And then Paul stated the teaching is from what? The lesser to the greater. How much more will these who are the natural bandages be grafted into the ground? If they respond to the gospel, they can be saved. Anybody, before they die, if they respond to the gospel, they will be saved. But once you die, if you haven't been saved, you remain lost. Understand that clearly. The Gentiles seem to conclude that God was through with Israel altogether. They were wrong. In the book of Hosea, God loves Israel so much. He cried out, how can I give you up Ephraim? How can I hand you over Israel? How can I make you like Adama? How how can I set you like Zoboam? My heart churns within me. My sympathy is stirred. He can't reject her. You say, who the heck is Adama and who is Zoboam? That's the point. They were the two little cities down by Sodom and Gomorrah. Hardly anybody knows about them. In other words, I can't forget you. Though others may not know you, I know you. Though others may forget you, I will not. There's a remnant. <laughs> Amazing love, huh? Some of the sternest warnings are given to Christians in the scriptures they are found in the book of Hebrews. To abide in Christ. Hebrews 2.1 says, Don't drift from what you have heard. Hebrews 2 don't disbelieve or depart from the living God. Straightforward. Hebrews 5.12, don't degenerate in your spiritual growth. Hebrews 10.29, don't despite the spirit of grace. Hebrews 12.25, don't defy what you have heard. The warning is against disobeying the call of God. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The majority of people teach the book of Hebrews is not for Christians. It's for non-believers. I reject it. From the beginning to the end, he calls them brothers. You don't warn dead people. You don't warn non-believers to not be deceived. You warn believers. Simple. And notice the progression of the increased intensity of judgment in the book of Hebrews. There are many who teach that God is through with Israel altogether. Kind of what they thought here. They have a name for it. It's called Replacement Theology. Big old name. The teaching says that the church now is spiritual Israel. And that all the promises of Israel are now belonging to the church. And God has nothing to do with Israel ever again. That is completely unbiblical and a horrible lie. It's wrong. Once he removes his church, then God will deal with Israel once again. The whole tribulation is to prepare Israel for her Messiah. The remnant to come. The salvation of Gentiles resulted in their thinking God was through with Israel. Bad thinking. Make sure you think biblically. Don't get impressed by man's teachings. But it must be from scripture. (laughs) And it's context. And So Paul has clearly laid out for us. That the rejection of Israel is not final by these progressive movements. The unbelief of Israel resulted in the salvation of the Gentiles. Incredible grace. The salvation of the Gentiles resulted in exalting themselves above unbelieving Israel. The corrupting of grace. The salvation of the Gentiles resulted in their thinking God was through with Israel. A twisting of grace. We have to try to be biblical, ladies and gentlemen,
0: and then we'll be okay. Pastor Xavier Reese and understanding God's true gift of grace. And if you'd like a copy of today's study to dig deeper into the teaching, or perhaps a copy to pass on to a friend, ask for the title, Israel's Rejection is Not Final. You can request a CD for just $4. And this will include what we heard the last time we were together as well. Once again, the title to ask for is, Israel's Rejection is Not Final. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths.